Last year, I did a video on YouTube introducing the topic of narcissistic fleas. These are behaviors, mindsets, and habits that we can develop via exposure to narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths, and other manipulative characters. In that video, I mentioned five common narcissistic fleas that you might have. Number one, you always want to be right. Number two, you act like a know-it-all. Number three, you have a hard time admitting mistakes. Number four, you have poor communication skills. And number five, you have a short fuse. I recently read a comment on YouTube asking for more info on the narcissistic fleas and how to get rid of them. So I decided to dedicate this episode to expand on the topic. I'm gonna give you five more narcissistic fleas that you might have. Number one, you've become overly critical. Number two, you make things difficult. Number three, you idealize other people. Number four, you don't listen well. Number five, you have sloppy loyalty. Stay tuned as we explore each of these five narcissist fleas and what you can do if you realize that you have some of them. This is Meredith Miller, and you're listening to the Inner Integration Podcast, where you can learn the mindsets and tools to self-heal after narcissistic abuse. Are you looking for a licensed therapist to help you in your recovery? As you probably know, I no longer offer one-on-one coaching sessions, so I've partnered with BetterHelp, an online portal of licensed therapists, providing affordable therapy to you from the comforts and privacy of your home. You can talk with your therapist via video sessions, phone, chat, and online messaging. BetterHelp is available worldwide, and you can get matched with a therapist within 24 hours. When you visit betterhelp.com backslash integration, you'll get 10% off your first month. You'll find the direct link in the show notes and also on the homepage under sessions. That link will take you to their intake questionnaire where you'll answer some questions about what you want to work on. Be sure to check the box for abuse and trauma so they can match you with a therapist who specializes in that area. If at any point you want to switch therapists, you can also do that at no additional charge. We become like the people that we hang out with, so it's important to choose these people wisely. It's normal to start talking, thinking, and behaving like people that you hang out with. The people we choose to surround ourselves with influence our habits, mindsets, perspectives, attitudes, and opinions. They have an effect on our success in career, relationships, and even influence our level of happiness. Of course, we shouldn't blame others for what's not working in our lives. Instead, we need to notice nauseous effects in our lives so we can take the responsibility to change what's not working. That often starts with boundaries. Boundaries are like step zero. First, we have to protect it, whatever we're creating in life. And we should only allow those in who are having a positive effect on our life. That's our responsibility. The effect people have in your life can be for good or for not so good. Maybe you can think of someone awesome in your life who is a great example to you. Maybe it's the way they raise their children or how they support people without enabling them. Or maybe they make really good financial decisions. Or they have perspectives of the world that fascinate you because every time you hang out with them, you feel like your mind just expanded a bit. When you hang out with people who have a positive effect on you and your life, it's great when you start to act like them. 
However, it's a very different story when the people you're spending time with are having a negative effect on you and your life. It's easy to look at the other person and blame them for what they did or do. It's a lot harder to look within to notice if you do similar things as a result of being around that person or having grown up in a family like that. Those of us who were raised in a family with a narcissist or other manipulative personality, we were exposed to unhealthy and dysfunctional behaviors and attitudes all our lives. We were programmed since childhood by people and family systems like that. The good news is, even if you grew up in it, and even if you're middle-aged or beyond now that you finally figured it out, it's never too late to start working on changing yourself. This is not a life sentence. It's not your personality and who you are. That's why these are called narcissistic fleas. We're talking about habits and mindsets that can be changed with some work. You can get rid of fleas. When your dog or cat picks up fleas, you go to the vet and get some flea meds, you put a few drops between their shoulder blades, and in no time, the fleas are gone. However, if you're living in a flea-infested environment, you can go through bottle after bottle of anti-flea meds, but your pet will keep picking up more fleas because they're all around. Sometimes you have to do some extra work to get the fleas out of the environment. That means you'll need to find the source of them and get rid of the source. Otherwise, they'll just keep coming. It's not that different than sharing an environment with a manipulative person or people. It's incredible the effect that just one disordered person can have on an environment or social group. If you keep hanging out in a toxic environment, you're going to get toxified. So please understand that as you're working on getting rid of these fleas, if you keep giving access to your life to manipulative, toxic people, you're going to be fighting an uphill battle. You can heal yourself from narcissist fleas, but don't forget that step zero is boundaries. If you don't protect yourself first, meaning having boundaries that keep manipulative people away from you, having the least amount of contact possible or none at all with them, then you'll keep getting fleas. So it's important to set up the right boundaries when you're doing this work. Now, let's dive into these five narcissist fleas. Number one, you've become overly critical. When you grow up with a parent who is uber critical of you and everything you do, it's normal to internalize that. You will develop a nasty inner critic who's always telling you how wrong you are, what a loser you are, how you can't do anything right and you're not good enough, or how nothing ever works out for you. When we are very critical of ourselves, that will naturally spill out onto others. You might notice that you become critical of people and things in similar ways as your narcissistic parent. Maybe you're often telling people how to do things since you know better. Maybe. You notice every little detail of imperfection in something someone says or does instead of focusing on the good and being grateful, you find yourself criticizing them in your mind about how they could be more perfect. Maybe you go on vacation, your time to relax and unwind, and instead of relaxing your mind, you find yourself going round and round, upset that everything isn't perfect and it could be better about the place or the food or just everything in general. Maybe when someone does a favor for you, instead of simply saying thank you, you tell them how they don't do it often enough, or you say something passive-aggressive like, finally, it's about time you took out the trash, it was stinking up the house so bad. What if this is you? 
If you notice some overly critical behaviors in yourself, first, forgive yourself for not knowing better. This is what was taught to you, so you just thought it was normal. It was programmed into your nervous system through example. If your biggest struggle is the inner critic beating you up all day, check out my YouTube video called Give Your Inner Critic a Raise. That will teach you how to reprogram your inner critic to serve you in a much better way. And if you want to do some deeper work on your defense mechanisms, one of which is the overly critical attitude to life, check out my course called Ending Self-Sabotage. We can sabotage ourselves with the inner critic and it can even cause us to sabotage our relationships and success. You'll find that course on the website or via the direct link in the show notes. If you're unable to admit that you are also overly critical of other people and things, then this is where you'll need to start doing the hard work of catching yourself in the moment right before you're about to say something critical to someone else. Stop yourself before blurting it out. Ask yourself internally why you felt the need to say or do that. Where was that coming from? What benefits do you get out of that? What effects would your words have on the other person? Is that your intention? Who does that critical voice remind you of? Do you really want to be like your mother, father, whomever does that? Now, constructive criticism can be useful and helpful when it's asked for. Critical thinking is also a very important life skill. But don't be the overly critical jerk who says nasty things to people and couches it all in just wanting to help or just offering constructive criticism when it's really not. Number two. You make things difficult. I did a YouTube video a few years ago, How the Narcissist Makes Everything Difficult. If you've lived with one, you know exactly what I mean. Everything is difficult with them. Even going to the grocery store, taking a car ride is exhausting. I referenced those car rides from hell in the video. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. After spending years in a relationship or friendship with a narcissist, or worse yet, having grown up with one, you might notice that you're now doing the same thing. You're making things more difficult than they have to be. You're complicating your own life. If something minor happens, that's not a big deal, but you make it into a big deal, that's where you'll also notice how you're making things unnecessarily difficult. You can get yourself all worked up over trivial things that don't matter because the lack of control over all the details terrifies you. You might notice this making things difficult in ways like, Maybe you're getting ready to travel or move, and there's a lot to get done. But instead of just getting the important things done and ticking off the boxes of tasks as you go, you're complicating things more than they have to be. You're trying to run a bunch of errands that have nothing to do with the trip or move, or you're helping people out with stuff that you don't have time for. Just because you had things on your list for this week and you can't let it go, or you can't say no to someone who asked you for help even though you have no extra time to give this week. Maybe when someone offers you a simple opportunity to do something, you start overanalyzing all the possible things that could go wrong or you start complaining about how everything isn't exactly as you imagined it or you start dragging your feet because you want everything to be exactly as you want it and it's not. Maybe you notice how disagreeable you are about plans changing. If you had your mindset on a particular restaurant or activity but there are no reservations left or the person you made plans with had to change the plan because something came up and you just can't let yourself blow with the changes. Maybe you wanted to cook something particular for dinner tonight but the store is out of fresh basil so you run around to a bunch of stores and dealing with traffic just to try to get some instead of improvising something else tonight. 
What if you have this flea? This is where you've got to start developing more awareness in the moment of what really matters and what's really important. You'll need to set better priorities in your life so you can be more effective and make things easier to get done. You also need to start noticing in the moment when you're making a big deal out of something that doesn't matter or when you're focused on details that don't matter in the big picture. You may even need to take a chill pill when things get stressful because that's most likely when this flea will come out the most, when the stakes are the highest. You'll also need to be willing to relax your desire to control everything, especially when things are out of your control. Sometimes things just don't go as we wanted them to. Sometimes things just don't work when we want them to. We can drive ourselves nuts trying to force something that isn't working, and that's where we find ourselves making things difficult. Meditation can help a lot with this process of letting things go, letting things be, letting yourself see what really matters and not worrying about the rest. It will help you to see the big picture and not stress about all the details being exactly as you want. Exercise can also help give you a way to burn energy instead of ruminating it out in your head. Learning to be a little more spontaneous and improvising when need be are very valuable skills to manage your tendency to make things difficult. And if you really need a reality check on this, think about someone you know who's a difficult person. Think about what it's like to be around that person, how exhausting, stressful, and annoying that is. Then remind yourself, you don't want to be that person. Number three, you idealize other people. As you likely know by now, the narcissist or other manipulator will idealize or love bomb their targets. This is most common in the early stages of the relationship, friendship, coworkership, but you'll also see idealization used intermittently as time goes on. In the family, idealization is used to flatter people who are used as pawns. It's also used to keep targets in the abuse system. The narcissist uses idealization as a form of seduction, to lure in a victim or to keep one there who's thinking about leaving. Idealization can be used to dose the target so they keep coming back to the so-called good times and don't consider leaving. The idealization is also part of the fantasy that they create based upon your hopes and dreams for the future. Idealization is used to make you feel good around that person and wanting more of it all. The target, however, can also take on this habit of idealizing people. While it's usually not done to manipulate others, putting others on a pedestal will eventually lead to disappointments. When you raise people up to such a high level of expectations, of course they're going to let you down. Not only that, but if you idealize people that you just met and barely know, that can blind you from seeing the truth about who they really are when they start to reveal their true colors. I did a video a few years ago called The Flip Side of Idealization. Check that out if you haven't seen it yet and you identify with this pattern of behavior. Victims often continue to idealize their narcissistic or other manipulative parent. This is dangerous because it will cause you to do the same with others who are very similar to them. It will also keep you locked in the abuse dynamic, unable to recognize who your narcissistic parent is and how they're affecting you, then tolerating the same behavior from others. What if you notice this flea? You'll need to actively practice not putting people on pedestals when you first meet them. You'll also need to give yourself a reality check regarding people that you've known for a while who you're still idealizing. Notice why you're idealizing them. Is that coming from an insecurity you have in yourself? 
Does it make you feel safe to idealize people so they take on a certain fantasy in your mind? Do you have a fantasy about ideal love or an ideal partner that you're projecting onto someone else? Are you still waiting for a hero to rescue you from your life? There's nothing wrong with admiring someone else. That's a good thing. We admire the things about others that we want to do or be ourselves. It's good to have people in your life who you admire. Their example will help you grow to the next level. So instead of idealizing someone for being or doing something amazing, work on yourself so you can do or be like that. What do you need to learn, to work on, or to practice so you can reach that level? When it comes to dating new people, let them reveal who they are over time. You can admire and appreciate qualities about them without idealizing those same qualities. You can recognize that they're human and perfectly imperfect, just like you. You can compliment someone without expecting something in return. Regarding teachers, coaches, professionals, and others who are at a different level than you, remember, you're not inferior to these people. They've simply worked to be at that level where they're able to impact a lot of people with their work. They're still human, and they were once probably right where you are now. Look at them as living examples of what's possible for you instead of perfect beings who can do no wrong or have no faults. Number four, you don't listen well. If you had a relationship with a narcissist or grew up in a family system with one or more of them, you learned over time that they didn't really listen to you. They were projecting onto you what they wanted to hear. That includes your identity, your sense of self. They made you fit the role they wrote for you, and they didn't care what you wanted or who you are. When you had feelings and needs, they didn't hear any of that. Or if they did, they turned it around on you and made it about them. Or they shamed you to shut you up. Or they were simply dismissive of your feelings and needs. Maybe you were sexually abused as a kid, And when you told your narcissistic parent, they didn't listen to you. They didn't want to hear you, and they forced you to say that nothing happened, or they simply dismissed you. That's usually the worst part about the abuse, when no one believes you or wants to even hear you. Now, you might notice that you have poor listening skills because you're creating a story or a scenario in your mind about how things are or who someone is, but you're not listening to what they're expressing. What if you notice you have this flea? Start practicing active listening. When people are talking, shut your mouth. When you want to interject something and interrupt them, stop yourself. Bite your lip, pinch your arm, tell yourself to zip it. Whatever you have to do to stop yourself from speaking when you need to be listening. Don't just let people speak. Really listen. What are they saying? What is their body saying? When they reach a natural pause, Give them some feedback so they understand that you're really hearing them and interested in what they're saying. You can rephrase what you understood the message of their communication to be. This also helps to check in and be sure you're really on the same page as someone else and not making assumptions or misunderstanding what they're trying to express. Then, feel free to ask a question about what they just said or even simply say, tell me more. Very few people actually listen nowadays as people are often so distracted with their own thoughts or tech devices. When you develop the skill as an active listener, you'll notice how people want to be around you because they feel heard. This is one of the most important aspects of a relationship. Number five, you have sloppy loyalty. 
The narcissist and other manipulators in your life surely had no loyalty to you. This could be loyalty in the form of fidelity or simply being on your side. You've likely experienced a lot of betrayal in many forms. In a healthy relationship, two people are a team. They work together and have each other's backs. The most important foundation of any kind of relationship is trust. Without trust, you have nothing together. Anything you create without trust will lack a foundation and eventually crumble. The narcissist will never have your back. If their family puts you down, they'll join in. If their friends treat you poorly, they don't care and they don't stand up for you. The only loyalty that a narcissist has is to themselves. They'll have affairs and not even feel bad about it or about lying to you later. Some will even proudly put it in your face. Others will be dismissive about your feelings about the betrayal. They'll tell your intimate secrets to others and won't care that you feel violated. The narcissist will visit your party or gathering and act nice to your face, then go home and gossip about you to others. Your narcissist parent doesn't have your back when you're a kid or adult. Sometimes they're the first one to turn you in when you do something wrong. You might have grown up knowing that whenever it was your word versus someone else's, your narc parent would take the other person's side every time. All of these experiences create deep trust scars in the target. You might have grown up without a healthy example of loyalty. Or maybe you spent so many years as an adult in a relationship or at work with narcissists that your trust and trustworthiness has been eroded. You might find that you've adopted the tendency to have fickle loyalty to the people in your life. Maybe you often cheat on your partners or disclose private personal information about your partner or friend to other people. Maybe you choose the easy path of going along with the manipulator and pleasing them rather than taking a stand for the truth and maintaining loyalty to someone you care about. This loyalty issue goes along with cutting corners in life. After watching a narcissist do this so often and get away with it, you might start holding yourself to the same low-value standards. Maybe you notice you're cutting corners to justify your transgressions and lack of loyalty. Maybe you're rationalizing about why it's okay that you're having an affair as long as you don't have actual sexual intercourse. Or maybe you actually have sex with another person, yet you justify that to yourself based on technicalities and the cleverness with which you can create a meticulous rational argument for why it's okay or why it's technically not cheating. You might justify lies of omission by saying they're not really lies since you didn't tell a lie and you just hid the truth. You might find that your loyalty goes out the window when you give in to your narc parent because it's just easier, and then you betray your sibling in order to not deal with the bigger conflict. Cutting corners is not the path of integrity and high value. Maybe you're not even loyal to yourself. This can happen when you feel intuitions about things that you should or shouldn't do and you ignore them. Or your intuition warns you about someone not being good for you and you ignore it. These are forms of self-betrayal. What if you notice you have this flea? Get thee back into integrity. That's really the fastest way to resolve loyalty issues, whether you've been untrustworthy to self, others, or if others have been so with you. Do an inventory on your values. Discover and articulate what really matters to you and get your actions back in alignment with those values. Choose to maintain your integrity in situations when people are tempting you out of integrity. 
If you want help with this process of rebuilding your self-trust and your ability to trust others who are trustworthy, check out my course, Restoring Self-Trust. It will help you through this process. That trust wound is often the most devastating part after narcissistic abuse. And remember, trust is the foundation of everything that you're going to create in life. To wrap it up, the most important thing to remember is that you can heal yourself. There's no shame in noticing if you have some narcissist fleas. These narcissist fleas don't have to be with you forever. They don't define you as a person. They're simply habits and mindsets that can be reprogrammed through work over time. The narcissist, however, can't heal themselves because they simply won't. They don't want to. It's just who they are. They like the results they get by being who they are, so why would they change for you or anyone else? One of the easiest tells that lets you know whether someone is really a narc or not is are they actively working on themselves to be better people? I don't mean the foo-foo fake working on themselves that you'll find especially among spiritual narcissists, for example. They might take lots of workshops and classes. They've likely been to loads of holistic retreats. They might have tried every kind of meditation and even taken every psychedelic known to man. They talk about all the feats they've done during these seminars, but what are they actually doing with that? Are they evolving? Are they improving themselves? Are they treating others better? Or are they using those experiences simply for image management? People who are actually evolving and changing show results. You'll see the changes in them over time and not because you told them to change or you needed them to change for the relationship or friendship to work, but because they made the inner decision to change. They wanted to change because they weren't happy with themselves and therefore they're actively taking responsibility for their life through their actions. The same goes for you. If you have the self-awareness and humbleness to notice the narcissist fleas you picked up through your relationships or family, then you can decide to change the things that you don't like about yourself. This isn't the easy path, but personal growth is definitely worth the hard work. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Inner Integration Podcast. I hope you learned something today that helps you to see from a new perspective and to start using new tools so you can take action and transform your life after narcissistic abuse. Remember, you are enough. You matter. And you got this. If you liked this episode and want to hear more, subscribe to get automatic updates on new podcast episodes as they're released. Visit us online at innerintegration.com where you get instant access to a free quick start guide to recovery after narcissistic abuse upon entering your name and email. You'll also find there digital courses that have already helped thousands of people move through the self-healing process. Get loads more free inner integration content to help you heal after narcissistic abuse on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Big hug to you.